Hello and welcome to The Lowdown from Pickletown, presented by Pizza Hut. I'm your host, Aidan Gilbride. Here's the deal. Okay, and welcome back to another edition of the Lowdown from Pickletown podcast. Uh, Really excited for this uh, week's episode. I'm sitting with Dr. Brenda Cates. Uh, She has been at the school for 39 years, 40 years coming up soon, Brenda. Uh, How how are you feeling about that, 40 years, the big 40? Yeah, it's it's a milestone, but I'm looking forward to it. I'd still be here, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, in your time here, you've be, you're you're still currently a math professor. Uh, you're the faculty athletics representative. You've also been a tennis the tennis coach, and you were at one point the men's and women's basketball scorekeeper. <laughs> so you just seem to have done loads of different things in your time here. Uh, and I guess, like, just to summarise, kind of some of your role, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna boast about you a little bit here, Brenda. I've looked in your bio. Uh, but uh, your role really is just to ensure constant and clear lines of communication between the coaches and the faculty, uh, members of the university. And, uh, you know, you provide that kind of additional advice and kind of support for student athletes when they, whenever they have queries or concerns about their academics. Um, and you obviously are pretty much that kind of pinnacle person up at the top that when there's fundamental changes within like the NCAA regarding D2, you know, like st- stuff like eligibility and stuff. It's your kind of job to let everyone know that. Um, and, you know, in the f- it's funny, in the four years I've been here, I've, n- I've never had you as a professor. I seem to be the only person that hasn't had Dr. Cates as a professor. Uh, I don't really know how that's happened. But there is this kind of weird thing that's in every person's head here that whenever they have a concern about their academics or anything, their first thought is, I'll just go to Brenda, uh, Dr. Brenda Cates. <laughs> this, is the, this is the first thought. I don't know what, where it began, but everyone just, that's what they think. I'm a team captain on the cross-country team, and whenever someone asks me about something I don't know the answer to, most of the time I refer them to you. Because <laughs> I, I don't know how to answer it. Uh, but yeah, this kind of just, it just shows the impact that you've had here at UMO. And you know, that, that dedication and hard work led to, you know, numerous uh, awards and recognition. Uh, you know, you won... In 2019, the NCAA D2 Faculty Athletics Representatives Association of the Year Award, and the 2021 Dr. Thomas R. Morris Award for Excellence in Teaching, and the twi- and most recently, uh, the 2022 NCAA do- uh, D2 Dr. Dave is it Paris 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 our Faculty Mentor Award winner. So, I mean, I guess like the last couple of years have been very good to you in terms of that hard work that you've put in over the years. So just I'll finish off kind of boasting a little bit and I'll I'll get on to just, you know, talking to you a little bit about your time here. So just to start, you know, like I said, you've been here for 39 years. Wh- you know, what does UMO kind of mean to you and, and what is it you like most about your jobs and, and your roles here? Okay. Well, UMO has, has been my entire career. I love it here. Um, I will tell it's a long story, so I won't bore you with the details, but it's really kind of a fluke how I got hired here. I literally walked in off the street um, and asked for an application because I wasn't able to find a job in my field, which was math education. I'd planned to be a high school math teacher, and I had my master's degree at that time. 
and uh, when I walked in, the the administrative assistant, she said, well, what discipline are you in? I said, math, and she says, wait right there, and it just happened that UMO, at that time, it was Mount Olive Junior College, was looking for a math instructor, and I was hired, and I've loved being here ever since. I like the, the small college atmosphere you know we talk about the mount we call it now the umo family but for years for me it was the mount olive college family and i think that's really true when you've got a small campus you really get to know your students on a very personal level and um, that's important to me i like to relate to people i like to get to know people and i think that's very much easier to do on a small campus like what we have um, i've certainly seen our campus grow from being a two-year institution and then we became Mount Olive College when we started offering baccalaureate degrees and now here we are the University of Mount Olive and we're offering master's degrees and hopefully we'll be adding quite a few more of those as we move. I mean yeah. when, I, when I first started um, Carnegie Arena had not yet been built. Oh. <laughs> um, there were a number of buildings on campus mm. that have come up over that time so I've really been able to watch the university grow yeah, I always like well. I always like talking to people that I've I've, I've seen it change and grow because um, obviously I nothing's really changed all that much in the time I've been here. So I love finding out a little bit more about what's actually changed in their time. And and you are right. There is when I came here, you know, I'm from quite a big town uh, in Scotland, and 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 I was worried about this uh, being in such a small town. I'm not really used to that, but I've thrived here. You know, I I have a very good in personal relationship with my professors and my coaches and just my kind of the student athletes alike that I don't think I would have got a chance to be a part of if I was at a bigger institution. I like the kind of small community aspect, you know, it seems like out with UMO, the actual community of Mount Love itself very much supports us and, and you know, what we're doing. So it, I've always loved that. And I think everyone, everyone that comes in here that's a faculty member, even coaches, always talk about how much they love the community aspect of Mount Olive. So it obviously has some, there is something about it, something in the air, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, it is interesting you talking about how much it's actually changed. So in terms of, like, um, what you've done in your time here, you've became involved in a number of, of committees, and, and uh, you know, I'm just curious as to ask you, can you tell us a little bit about some of the committees you've been a part of, some of the stuff that you've been really, really... Uh, involved with and, and you're passionate about and uh, maybe just go dive into that a little bit. Yeah, you know, when I became FAR in 2003 D2 was really kind of at a crossroads then I you know I kind of say they were having an identity crisis at that point because it was almost like well we're D2 we're stuck in the middle between D3 and D1 and we really are having a hard time to you know identify what distinguishes us from the other two divisions. So in 2005, um, Div Division Two basically embarked on um, a, a plan to try to develop its own identity and spent quite a bit of time looking into, well, what is it that we truly believe in as, as a division? What, what distinguishes us from the other two? And that was when the whole life in the balance, which you probably all our D2 student athletes, I think, have heard that mm. philosophy and that's when the life and the balance philosophy actually came into being. And it truly resonated with what I think our division schools are trying to accomplish. You know, it focused on high-level athletics competition, 
but it looked at the entire collegiate experience. We want our student athletes obviously to graduate. Graduation is, is one of our most important things, but also have a well-rounded collegiate experience. You know, can you be involved in other clubs? Can you be involved in other organizations? So it was really interesting when I look back on being a part of that at the forefront when that first came into being and then watching us, you know, at that time we came out with the slogan, I chose D2, which really was intended more for the student athletes, you know, to give them a slogan or give them a motto that they could understand Division II is a destination. It's not a second choice. We really want student athletes who want to be a part of this life in the balance experience. And then we found, we, you know, fast forward to 2015, and it was kind of in that interim, that 10-year period with that I chose D2, we kind of found out, well, it was great once we got our student athletes here and they could see what we had to offer, but it wasn't really resonating with high school students or parents or people who didn't know what the D2 experience was all about. So in 2015, regrouped, reorganized, <laughs> rebranded, and now it's Make It Yours, which really is focusing on all of our constituents, both mm -hmm. the student athletes that we have on campus, but also trying to resonate more with students who are outside the collegiate, um, you know, in high school that are looking to see where do they want to go, where do they want to make their, their um, career at, and also with parents. And so we've kind of rebranded, and it's been very interesting to see that journey from life in the balance, I chose D2, to now make it yours mm. and then how that has you know resonated with our student athletes now so i think division two has just done a, a really good job throughout the years of really knowing who we are and what we stand for and what our philosophy is and then communicating that to our constituents and i think that's why you know we're, we're going to go on to talking about uh, d2 day and uh, why that is important because I would, I mean, I, I don't have a survey, I certainly haven't done one, but I would imagine that the majority of people actually don't really know the differences between the divisions. Right. And what, you know, when I get asked the question, like, well, what's the big difference between D1 and D2? I genuinely don't know the answer. I couldn't give you a clear-cut answer. I could maybe find an answer, but I wouldn't know the exact answer. So I think it's good that you kind of, Establish what D2 was there and kind of summarised it as quick as you could because obviously there is a lot to it um, but I think some people out there you know maybe do need to hear that there's people especially you're talking about people who are planning co to coming to college soon and they're looking at D1, D2, D3 what, what, what do they want to make it and you say make it yours so I think that is th that is interesting for people to know exactly what the differences are and what D2 actually is and you kind of talked about it a little so I'll kind of get on to my next question you talked about how much it's changed over those that you know that period between 2005 and, and 2015 and then obviously forward so i guess i'm just curious as to see what other kind of big changes have you seen from d2 because for me i've only been uh, in d2 for five years and even i've seen changes in that five-year period and i can only imagine what it's been like for you who actually works a lot closer with it and also has been there for a lot longer so what has been some of the biggest some of the i guess weirdest strangest changes <laughs> in your time that you'd like to maybe talk about a little yeah. bit well i think from my time especially with my involvement at the at the governance level i've been on the d2 management council mm. i've been on academic requirements committee and i've been on some task forces as well 
but to look and see, you know, the one thing that I think the, the leaders in Division Two have done very, very well is they've been very, very creative in some of the things that we have looked at, have been very, very strategic. We've had a strategic plan in place since 2005, which is reviewed and modified every few years. And Division Two really does a good job of working around that strategic plan. And then anything that we do that is implemented as a division connects back to that strategic plan. So some of the things that I can say Division Two has really been at the forefront of, that to me it was very creative, we're the first division to come up with a festival idea for championships. You know, some of our sports are combined and we'll do mm. national championships and we'll have multiple sports, almost like an Olympic type feel mm. at those national championships. And that was one thing that Division Two has done that I think has been very, very creative. Um, Division Two very, very much um, is involved with or wants to have the national SAC have a voice. Mm. So Division Two was the first division that actually voted in to authorize having two national SAC reps sit in on the management council, be a part of the management council, and actually have a vote. And Division Two National Stat SAC has one vote at the national convention when mm. we're voting on proposals. In fact, I was looking some stuff back up, and this all occurred also in 2015. Yeah. And it was actually one of our former student athletes, Francesca um, Cheppi, who was our Conference Carolina's representative on National SAC who actually stood up at the National Convention and spoke out on behalf of National SAC having a vote on the floor. So Division Two, I think, has definitely one of the things that's been emphasized in the years that I've been FAR is student-athlete engagement. Um, National SAC, as, as its own organization, has really taken the forefront partnering with Make-A-Wish, um, has raised, oh, I don't want to throw a number out, but has raised, I want to say it's well in excess of $2 million wow. for Make-A-Wish in all the years. And I believe that partnership started, um, it may be back in 2006, but it's been um, going strong for a number of years. And I think the nice thing about that is that it's very much trickled down the campuses. You know, we have Make-A-Wish yeah. events and fundraisers and things that we do on our own campus, and then it goes to the conference, and then it rises up to that national level. So I think Division Two has done a great job of empowering national SAC to take on these initiatives and have a voice. Um, even with COVID, while I've been on the management council, you know, we, we <laughs> had to deal with all of the issues related to the pandemic in terms of scheduling and you know what waivers do we need you know how is this impacting our student athletes and on every meeting we had our national SAC representatives were the voice of the student athletes and they could give us perspectives that we probably didn't have so I would say for me, that's just been one of the key things that I think has been fundamental to Division Two is empowering its student athletes to be a voice. Yeah, no, I think a couple of things that you brought up there that really kind of resonated with me and, and that's kind of student engagement that you're talking about. Because as, as a student myself, I feel like we are the best voices for ourselves and, and, and it is good to see that, you know, D2 recognizes that and says right well we need to actually hear it from the voices of the people that really matter here and that is the students um 
and and having that kind of voice on the national stage, I think that's a good thing. Um, especially you know, especially as you brought up during the COVID times, it was such a crazy time for everyone. I can only imagine what it was like for someone like you, but it was it was just so uncertain, and, the, and there was so much like things that needed clarity, and you know, no one really knew what was going on. So, you know, I think having that voice of a student athlete out there is very very good on the national level, and also as you said, I think that really does sum out sum up what D two day is and it is about this kind of all inclusive we're all part of one kind of community for once you know most of the time we're all uh, individual programs at schools and not only are we individual programs we're compete against other universities and etc and etc et but this is the one time where we're all part of the one thing we're all D two and that that is what D two day is so that kind of idea that there is complete and utter equality for all like this is this is D two this is you celebrate being a D two athlete not as a Mount Olive um, athlete or as a cross country myself athlete it's one big thing um, so talking about D2 Day um, could you go into details a little bit more about D2 Day um, and I guess kind of just what it means to you and I guess the wider spectrum of everyone else well I think D2 Day you know it's just a, a, a nice way for us just to be able to celebrate our identity and celebrate who we are um, I was on the management council the meeting when this idea was first proposed, and we were all going, oh, this is really a cool idea to have it on 22222. <laughs> what better way to promote Division Two, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's a good way to, to promote who we are, promote our identity, promote the things that we do extremely well, and, again, really celebrate our Division Two student-athletes. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know, for me, like, when I was a – Coming over as an international, I had no idea about, I didn't understand the division systems or anything. So, you know, when I was actually preparing for this interview, I actually, you know, I found myself, I have to find out a little bit more about this. So um, it's been it's been quite interesting get, uh, looking into that. And I guess one of the things that I kind of wanted to ask you that I think might be a bit more unique is, where do you actually see D2 heading in the next few years? Because for me, I just think it's continuing to flourish and grow and just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Where do you, as a faculty athletics representative, see it going? That's a great question. And again, I'll go back. When I first became FAR, there was some concern that Division Two was sort of stagnating. Mm. You know, the membership was not growing, and that's one of the things that was the impetus behind this whole branding of our identification and who we are. And the plan in looking at that was we, we began to, about 2005, 2006, we began to see some growth in the membership. And I was actually on a long-range projection um, task force that was just tasked with how can we grow, you know, over the next course of the next few years, but do it in such a way that all the members are going to benefit from that. So there were a number of things that went into place at that time where we were looking at some of our membership legislation, mm -hmm. made some changes within that. But I would say Division Two over the course of the last 10 to 15 years, has seen some steady growth. It's been good. Um, but it is going to be interesting now with the changes in the new constitution. Um, I don't think anybody is really sure where we're headed. You know, there, there may be some Division Two schools that decide they may want to transition to D1. There may be some of your smaller D1 schools who decide, hey, the grass is a little bit greener on the D2 side. 
and may decide to transition there. But I think our government governance model overall, where we have our conferences, and then your conferences have representation on the management council, I think that we have a good solid governance structure so that if we have new schools that want to come into the membership, there's a solid and good process for them to go in and go through that. Um, it's laid out fairly well, and like I said, we've seen some growth. We added a couple of new conferences even in the course of that time, some reorganization of some older conferences as well. Right, well, uh, thank you very much, Dr. Brenda Cates. Um, we are we are obviously, as, as you can imagine, we're celebrating D2 Day here. Um, I think we're doing some stuff at the basketball game tonight. I think uh, students will be getting recognised for academic excellence over the last year. So that's always good to see, and I think it also the idea of D2 Day and the fact that there's actually games being played on that day might get a good crowd in there and get to watch the <laughs> games and stuff. So. Well, we hope. Well, we, we can only hope. It'd be really sad if we walk in there and there's no one there. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, obviously with regards to D2 Day, obviously it's... Uh, we, we we wanted to do something on it, like a kind of spotlight, and we thought no better uh, no better than to talk to you, Dr. Kate. So thank you very much for coming in. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Well, I appreciate it. It's a great day to be in Division 2, yes, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> This has been The Lowdown from Pickletown. We'd just like to give special thanks to the University of Mount Olive's music department. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.